A special thanks to Club W for supporting the Drunken Taoist Podcast. Remember, you get a $13 bottle of wine for free when you become a new member. Go to clubw.com forward slash Taoist, T-A-O-I-S-T. Thanks, Club W. Nice to have you along. Now it's showtime. Fuck pain. Fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. States of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. Tonight, it's interview time again, as not one but two of our former guests, authors Thad Russell and Sam Sheridan, pay us the kindness of a return visit as we discuss where there is no ambition, there is no art, the magic of getting that lucky break just when you need a W the most, cosmic injustice, formative pain, and don't you dare tell me what I didn't want to do. And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers, and my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli, as we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind for the Drunken Dows Podcast. Begins now. Hello. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 55 of the Drunken Dallas Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Daniele Bolelli. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You know, with a Happy New Year, we have a Happy New Year sponsor. Sweet. New sponsor, Club W, everybody. They're a service that provides wine delivered to your house. Now, you got to be 21 to enjoy it, but... um. It's a really cool service, and if you'll sign up, they'll give you a free bottle of wine to try out. Go on their site, you click through a little taste uh, profile to figure out what kind of wines you like, and then they'll present 20 or 30 choices for you. You pick three of them, and two or three days later, voila, bottles of wine to enjoy. And they're fun because they're from all around. We have a lot of Central Coast wines out here that are smaller uh, wineries that you know a lot of people wouldn't be exposed to and they're trying to help those folks out but there's stuff from international and i got a bottle from everywhere one guaranteed to be a panty remover so we'll save that for one dark evening when the viagra shows up please but, later give me the which one it is yeah Whatever. absolutely nice but um we appreciate these guys and want you to check it out it's clubw.com forward slash taoist to get your free bottle of wine. Taoist is in T-A-O-I-S-T, hours, right? just like us. And um, just be sure to check it out and give them a try, guys. It's good for everybody. And uh, we're going to help some wineries out. We're going to help some brand new sponsor out. And we'll have a lot more to tell you about them as we move forward into the year. Yeah, let us know. If you end up trying it out, let us know. You know, um, I'm, our guess and hope is that you like it and it seemed like very good stuff. But yeah, by all means, give us feedback. Let us know what's up and uh, all will be good. Yeah, because it is good wine. I've had a few sips already, so it's interview time. A double whammy interview. I know. Two f- former guests who come back this time at the same time. You know we got them snowed when they come crawling back. <laughs> Dad Russell, author of a Renegade History of the United States and Sam Sheridan, author of uh, The Disaster Diaries, uh, A Fighter's Heart, and The Fighter's Mind. These guys are, they were fun when they came 
individually and the conversation got wilder and funnier when we are we are all in the same room together very so dangerous this should be good times let's say some big thank you to Datsusara for producing the only authorized micro ninjas will kick down any micro blade on your bags on your geese on anything else you know full disclosure one of my um pull tabs on my zipper is fraying a little bit well the one of the cool things about chris is that he responds to email personally he addresses customer issues on a regular basis so by all means contact chris and uh and let's see what magic he can work for you he <laughs> has some seriously good customer service but yeah that's sarah hemp gear absolutely amazing uh on it.com o-n-n-i-t the whole range of products from uh, workout gear to uh, alpha brain supplements special foods the whole thing they have some new ones that i've checked i need to look at some of the novelties they have they have some new stuff going on uh, there were some of the new products i want to try so i have to get back on the website and short design with the coolest t-shirts on earth and as usual sporting one right now our very own this is uh i haven't seen the yellow the yellow I is very know. nice the yellow wasn't a choice is bennett just sent an extra one for randomly i think they had an extra one laying there they don't might let well anybody see it. it so yes i have the one and only yellow uh, dionysian parade t-shirt so yeah if you guys well one taking care of our sponsors so if you guys are interested in any of their products check the links in the episode notes there's the discount for you guys so please use it uh you let them know that you are coming from our end so they'll be happy with us and you guys get a discount and for our own shirts by all means check it out in the episode notes the link you can decide you will like some of the older shirts with the logo you can decide the dionysian parade just let me know go for it and that's all good other thing we should take care of as we get rolling well of course Taoist lecture series has been up I'm having right as we record right now, which I'm sure it will be fixed by the time this is out, but um, we're having some technical problems where uh, there was... Uh, the, the beauty of technology is that every so often, oh, there's a new updated version which screws up everything you had there before, so you have to go there, fix it. So it happens once in a while. If you guys have any problems downloading, you just email me, let me know, and I'll make sure to take care of it. But yes, that was lecture series, over seven hours worth of material. Please, if you are at all interested, check it out. And uh, anything else we should announce before we get rolling? We roll. We're okay. rolling. Let's roll with. Chat away, boys. Okay, guys, ready to roll. Today, we have two guests who came on the show before, but not at the same time. So we have Tad Russell, Sam Sheridan. Welcome again to the Drunken Taoist. How are you guys? Good, man. Thanks for having me yeah, on. Yeah, awesome to be here. Except for Tad. But yeah, <laughs> this guy. Fuck. <laughs> you didn't tell me he's going to be here. Uh, was it was a surprise. You should have seen his face when I walked in. <laughs> <laughs> you guys originally met each other because you had the same agent, right? Correct. True. That's true. That. 
Nice, nice, nice. So let's see what we're gonna be playing with today. Well, let's start with the basics. What the hell are you guys up to? You know, you both have published books, you both have done, you know, your thing, and I assume there's more in store. Where are you at? No, What's the no, no, I don't do books. I just I'm a kickboxer now. <laughs> that's Whoa. officially how it does. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it, books are for losers. Actually, by the way. no, I actually just beat people up on the street because that's really what it's about. <laughs> he's rub- he's robbing people. He's a God, thug. I'm mad. I'm he's angry all the time. Mugging people. It's just the only way. So I learned to do the punching and kicking, and now I'm just using it. You Whoa. know what I mean? That's what that's what martial arts I is look all about. <laughs> <laughs> that's what. Sam, we about three inches. Three inches. God damn it. All right, there we go. How about that? Is that that's, better? That's nice. He's spitting into the mic. Yeah, I'm so going to spit. Just point towards it. Let's hear it. Oh, yeah, sorry. There you go. Okay. All right. Yeah, I look for road rage opportunities. That's always... Um, I'm glad martial arts yeah. have achieved their intended I'm goal like, of... Come uh, on, come on. Cut me off, motherfucker. Yeah. And then we're going to talk. I always joke, like, it's just a question of time before I drag somebody out of their car and beat them to death. Oh, yeah. That's... Driving um, in LA. I actually got out of the car with my kid in the car seat oh. i got out really like ready to run and it was a lady who drove off but i was like <laughs> what am i doing i can't i can't don't I get out of the car with the kid in the car seat don't so for that. the anger issues episode yes. well <laughs> actually i gotta ask you guys something in that regard i was i've been puzzled by this because i was talking with somebody about dreams and i was mentioning yeah yeah in that dream so i stabbed that guy and i killed him and they were looking at me like you're I'm like come on you know you dream about killing people right and they were like no I'm like, I start asking somebody else, like, everybody dream about killing people, right? And like, everybody was looking at me like, no, we Absolutely, don't. I dream about killing thank people. Thank you, yes. thank you. I don't actually. You I, don't? It's, no, it's more about just beating the shit out of them. I, well, still, you guys are violent motherfuckers. I don't think okay. the, dream, the fantasies ever get as far as like- uh, Actual killing. Lethal action, but I- I see. The punching someone through, like, in their face hard. Why do like we have? I yeah. kill. I dream about killing people. Why sure. is everyone at this table? Rich, do you ever dream about killing people? No, man, just flying. Oh, you're peaceful, so we <laughs> leave you out of the conversation because you are fucking <laughs> hippie. <laughs> I know, damn hippies. But uh, why do we have uh, such anger issues? What's going on? Well, here? I think you're working it out subconsciously, so you don't have the anger issues, right, or something like. So that. So that's actually a super healthy thing. Yeah, I think it's, it's very like, healthy. It's, it's a very healthy thing. Is those damn people who don't dream yes, about exactly. killing people that we need to worry about in their normal life? Is right, there so. a man who doesn't have anger issues? I, I've never really met one. Well, I guess except for Rich here. Right. Except for the hippies. I bet if we got into it with Rich, we'd probably get. Yeah, I bet we could. I bet we could start digging yeah. down. I, I, I can show you fucking angry. Don't worry See? about that. <laughs> See, yeah. I knew it. No, but, I'm yeah, serious. It's you know that that range from like 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 twenty to thirty one when things were really haywire. I mean, I'm forty three now, so it's you get pretty calm at that point. But I don't. Oh, man, I road rage with the best of them. But what I'm, I learned along the way is road rage is just you know if you had left earlier, there'd be no road raging at all, you motherfucker. So get in the car ten minutes earlier, and it'll be peace across the freeway. And learn to fucking merge those two things. LA traffic fixed. You know. So yeah, I think that uh, <laughs> this episode of the Drunken Taoist is sponsored by Prozac. Prozac <laughs> is very good for you. And uh, so I'm f- I'm 49 and I'm more angry than ever. Really? Yeah. It's, yeah. Getting, it's getting worse for you. Yeah, hmm. probably. Yeah, I'd say my 40s are the, my angriest decade, which Wh- is saying something. What are the sources of anger? Oh, well, you know, like I'm just irritable all the time, so mm-hmm. the road rage thing, you know, and. It's just L.A. I think you just get irritable. Yeah, and then there's like the cosmic injustice visited against me you know, oh throughout my, my life. God. Yep, know, sure. So cosmic true. injustice um, is a big one. <laughs> I am not where I belong. I am. I have not been given what I deserve. Mm-hmm. Come on, so right we all share this. Say it again. As yeah, you man. said, it again. Uh, as you said, uh, I'm not where I belong. I had pictured you on top of a pirate ship 
with like a black bandana on with a knife between your teeth going like let's go get them yeah but now so, they have like all these like shipping regulations in the united states navy which keeps me from doing that that's, that's where i need to be the british tough. navy would just string you right yeah, up man fucking man you know i do think it's funny i think like you talk about where we want to be like i do think like the dealing with bitterness is like the major struggle mm-hmm. of all my friends and like of anybody like and you know, I like just I, I I realize I don't have a leg to stand on because I like ha- had some success, right? It's like mm-hmm. yeah. when, when things were shitty, like you know, I published a book when I was just about to be a loser, right? And then like you know, I've gotten a little bit of, but 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 definitely, I think the struggle with bitterness is like the question of American manhood for sure. You oh know? yeah, you know, bitterness meaning other you're people. Not doing, you're not doing too good, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're a little bit more bitter. You're successful, but you're still like more bitter. That's yeah. what you really got to watch out for is when you're working and then you're getting more bitter, you know? Oh, when I get more successful? and then The more successful you get, the more bitter you get? Yeah. Like, it's like that's the, the, the bad oh, trap, right? God, man. Like, so let's let's just be full douche here. Like, you know, so I mean, <laughs> yeah, Sam and I, two books each? Yeah, yeah. three. I got three. You three, got three. three. No, I got yeah. two. I'm working on my third. But mine are easier. You know, yeah. I mean... <laughs> We do stuff that a lot of people, you know. You would feel, yeah, you'd be really, like, ah, I made wanna, it. There are a lot of people it. who want to punch us right now. <laughs> yeah, and when um, I'm going to start receiving emails from listeners who are like, those motherfuckers have oh. no problem, I hate them, I'm going to start passing out addresses. Yeah, so. but, you know, <laughs> but you know what? You hear this from, you know, people 10 times more successful and famous than we are. Sure. Yeah, so um, very much relative. Right, I mean, yeah. it's, uh, it well, is a man thing. It's, it's, a, it's, it's something about masculinity. I don't know. There's something weird. Well, we're trained... Right, to be the protectors mm-hmm. and the providers. We're trained to conquer. You know, if you don't conquer in some way, women, money, territory, Sharp. countries, <laughs> you you have failed. Right. I mean, that's that's ingrained from the beginning, I think, mm-hmm. uh, for men. And, it, you know, since there's always more women and there's always more territory and money and countries to conquer. It's right? never enough. We're always a failure. Of course. I, I think, yeah. No, that's yeah, a, that's, a crude, that's a crude summing up of it. I think it's also very American, that yes. version of man. Because yeah. yes. there isn't like a moment. We, we've had this discussion before, mm-hmm. I think, where like there isn't like a, you know, not like when you turn 18 or you turn 21 or you get married or you have kids. Like it's never quite proved. It's never quite finished. Right. You know, and you have to continuously prove yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that stuff is, um, some people, I'm amazed when the people who handle those things well, and they stay humble, you know, and they do, they have success, and they keep it in a way that's like, really, I was thinking about it, because I had these two cases that come to mind, where I did this podcast a few days ago with uh, AJ Hawk, he's the, from the Green Bay Packers. Oh, yeah, sure, totally. And, you know, he's... He's uh, he won what one Super Bowl. He's like yeah. super top notch sure. NFL guy, and at one he point, has, like he's great so <laughs> he's so ridiculously nice and humble. At one point during the conversation, I think it was at the end of the podcast, he goes like, "Oh yeah, I was telling my dad and my brother that I was gonna get you on my podcast," and they were like, "Whoa, how did you get Bolelli?" And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, "Okay, right. thanks," <laughs> but you know, it's like <laughs> it's obviously like. Hmm. And I had the same thing going on with uh, Ben Harper, you know, the musician. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh. Totally. Who one day pulls out from his pocket my book and asks me to sign it. And right, again, I'm right. just like, come on, man. And so right. I look at these guys who are like 30 million times more successful than I'll ever be. Mm. And they approach it with such grace and right. with this total humbleness and not having this stuck up ego thing. And I'm like, huh, I wonder, maybe we should have the AJ Hawk Ben Harper question about yeah. anger. It's like, do these guys have the same thing that's going on at this table? 
or do they just manage to bury it a little couple of notches deeper or or what's going on there you know? yeah i mean you know and i've heard this from a lot of people who are like creative and do things that people envy you know i mean it's you feel you have this success and you feel really great about it for an hour right and then you're back to the <laughs> and grind. then the stuff is just starts to slide in again yeah. and you know and so i honestly can I, my humility is quite honest actually i mean i i feel yeah I'm, yeah like 10% of me feels like, yeah, I'm fucking awesome. I wrote this book, Rewriting American History, sure. you know? God damn, that's great. And then, pff, but 90% of my day is spent. And it's also, you know what went into that, so you know each beat of it, and you're like, that wasn't that great. That oh, wasn't that right. great. Like, so you know, I'm like, man, well, chapter every, eight's kind when, of incomplete. When people and, look yeah. at it, they go, oh my God. And you're yeah. like, yeah, but I see the process. So uh -huh. I know that each part of the process is flawed, Yeah, and you, you focus know? on the flaw. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that yeah. chapter could have been better written, and I missed that I'm one. Like, but you always have to cut it loose. I mean, like making documentaries is the same sort of thing, that you fucking work for 19 months, sure. and you get three days of, oh, we, we get them four yeah. theaters oh, and yeah. had one red carpet. It's the same sort of thing. But I don't think, I think the bitterness isn't direct for towards folks i mean i think people who write books or get movies done i think folks that are working regular jobs are just happy that at least somebody gets to do it i don't think they're angry with us i think we're at a point in this society where the collapse of the middle class is fully in order and um that's where the bitterness comes from these are folks that would happily still work at gm if it existed right. anymore and it, with that gone with people you know getting crushed further and further because i feel it too man mm -hmm. but i think it's a society that feels like it's ready to pop. Yeah, well, we're not ordinary men. We're ambitious men. Right. So, so ambition is a part of this. And wildly good-looking. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's the most... Yeah, I'm not talking about bitterness from other people. I'm talking about bitterness for yourself. Yeah. Like, when your yeah. own internal... But the three like, of us are ambitious mm -hmm. guys. Yeah. Or yeah. four of us are ambitious guys. You know, we no, most people don't make documentaries and write books and shit. Right? Sure. And that's a curse. Right. That's a curse. And a blessing. People see it as a blessing. I'm not so sure. You're sure? You'd rather be a simple guy just busting tables? A lot. Somewhere? A lot. Really? Yeah. You well, would actually go for well, it? I, yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah, I don't buy it. Then you wouldn't. Because you can. Know, man. You can, bored, dude. You'd be bored out your mind. Well, yeah, I don't know. You can. It's a, it's a silly question because I can't, like, that would require a complete change of personality. I'd no longer be me. <laughs> right. But, yeah. but I, I, oh, let's just put it this way. I envy people who aren't ambitious. Absolutely. Hmm. People who just, who yeah. have a nine to five. Work Monday to Friday. Live for the weekend. Hang, hang out on the weekend. When they go home, they have dinner, fuck their wife, put their kids to bed, and that's it. I know it's never that simple, but I envy at least the ideal. Yeah, because I think you see it from the outside. Sure, it of course. Of course. Yeah. Like no, anything course. else. Of course, like, they actually beat their wife and right. beat their kids. And, yeah. And, or whatever. And, the job and scream about their, uh, yeah. their, about their boss and their job. No, no, no. But I mean just the lack of ambition. Ambition is a curse. It really is because you're, um, you're never good enough. You've never done enough. You've never succeeded enough. Yeah, my thing has always been, I think I brought it up on a podcast before, that the way I look at it is I can write the greatest book in the universe. I can become the emperor of the world i can and in my mind is like unless i have uh, defeated death and made sure that everybody on earth never have to go through agonizing pain again i'm a total failure that's kind of how i look so at that's it your i was just gonna ask that's what good. your ambition is what now to defeat death yeah to defeat death and know, for yourself uh, or for the world for, everyone. The, for everyone what does that mean and i kind he of like to the, the something impossible I'm uh-huh well that's a really bad ambition then. yeah it is <laughs> cosmic pain hurts me yeah but like i also think you're it, like a pretty happy guy most what's of the cosmic time. pain well i mean the i guess existential pain the fact that everybody is gonna have to go through really hard stuff mm. like you see you know any kid mm. you see smiling cute adorable you know that at some point in their life they're gonna go through a series of really horrendously painful things 
makes me sad. Makes me and granted, mm-hmm. some of it I'm a dick because I'm just like, oh, I'm the real man who can take everybody's pain away. I don't want you to go through that. Part of it is bullshit because pain in some way is formative and it's what makes even individuals individuals yeah. and there's something to it. But not to this degree. I feel like, you know, whoever designed the universe could have done with 20% of that lesson and it would have been plenty and the lesson would be learned. It doesn't have to be this extreme. I get the whole, uh, you know, Green Mile, the big black dude in the movie, I forgot his name, who uh, is all about like too much pain in the world. And he's not talking about his own, he's talking about the experience of pain all around him and suffering, and it gets to you Uh in the way because you want to take it away from them. That character's been uh, compared to Jesus. Yeah, maybe I have a Jesus complex. Except I don't really... See, I have no sympathy, so it doesn't bother me. (laughs) Yeah, like, (laughs) (laughs) it's just, I want my stuff and screw (laughs) you, right? Uh, I don't feel pain. Fuck people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My own, others, that doesn't doesn't register. No, 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 I mean, listen, it sucks. That's, yeah. I don't have that issue though. I mean, but I feel like you're yeah. a guy who does deal with bitterness pretty well. Mm, no, no, he, no, he does not. You don't. You don't no, think so? I don't think so. I can, yeah. I can guarantee that. Yeah. Well, I, if you want to, if you want to talk about academic colleagues of Daniele's, yeah, no, <laughs> but will, a lot of stuff. You will know quickly that, that he does not deal with bitterness well. And actually, we're talking about before the mics came on with Sam earlier. We're talking about you know how we handle kids and how with our own kids, how sometimes you know we react. That's the ultimate testament when you think you're handling stuff well and all of a sudden again you have to repeat uh, for the fifth time something to your kid and you're like god damn it and you're like really Mm -hmm. this is the anger that I have inside where I'm getting this mad because I have to repeat things five times to you okay maybe I don't handle bitterness as well as I thought I did you know and it's like but yeah you know know, that I think you're hard on yourself I think you handle pretty well (sighs) let's put it that way I go there's a part of me that does I think we're all a little hard on ourselves back. sitting yeah. here at this you, table. We're all being a little like... Well, yeah. What you don't do is self-flagellation. Out. You don't act on it very often, right? True, but that's probably why I you dream of killing it. people, you right? You fantasize yeah. about it all the time. Of course, yes. <laughs> but you don't act on it, which is, that's great. I mean, right. That's, that's a big, that's a very important distinction. Now, do you act on it? Do you like, like, do you like sabotage people, other people and stuff like that? Um... Do you do like actually meet like bad things? Yeah. You do? <laughs> <laughs> bad, bad. Yeah. I mean, uh, God, a lot less than you would think in some ways. But yeah, I. <laughs> well, I mean, it's an issue in my relationships, like mm-hmm. my intimate relationships. It's not like I'm always yelling at people. But um, yeah, I get angry and act out, not physically, but you know. Let's clarify that, yes. Yeah. Um, I haven't hit anybody in anger since I was 19. Then there's a lot of, like, uh, angry aggression that gets channeled in my work, in a way. And, like, through things like social media. But, you know, it's not... I'm not, like, yelling at people, calling them names. Sure. I definitely am very good at getting under people's skin. Right. And I definitely do it deliberately with some people. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, uh, you know, that's an acting out in a way. Sure. Um, I think it's constructive and also, you know, making a point. I'm not just making people pissed off. I'm trying to make a political point usually. Right. And trying to sort of show people that they could think differently. About Their own hypocrisy. Ex- and, and then like especially that. exposing yeah. hypocrisies. Yeah. So like that's that's what drives me. Uh, but there's definitely some anger there. And it's not, it's not directed at everyone. Sure, sure, a particular sure. kind of person that I go after with that. Yeah. Why are you staring at me? Yeah, sorry, <laughs> climate change. But anyway, uh, <laughs> let's get into it. Yeah. Oh God, later. Uh, yeah, we're still. Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> no, actually, we will. But I'm uh, intrigued with this uh, being 
Because I mean, aside I, no, I, saw your, I saw your debate with Pat Militich about that. Oh yeah, wasn't that amazing? a while ago? Yeah, God, that was great. Of all, I was, I was just Pat's watching like one of my last <laughs> super, you know, it was just tea party. Yeah, it was totally surreal. Like buddies. Pat Militich is like arguing about climate change. <laughs> you got, did you see the thing he got into with Jeff Monson? No, I didn't. So not. Jeff Monson, there's a famous picture of this huge guy standing in front of these riot police, and he has a picture. You know that capitalism picture where the guy. Holding a, it's like a drawing of a guy holding. A, he has that in the back of his neck. Right? right. And Monson's this famous fighter who, who's like, you know, he's a he's a crazy commie, like he's a nut job. Hmm. But he and Pat got into some oh, huge because Pat, my friend Pat Militich, right. who's a lovely human being, is you know crazy red state tea right. party, you know, yeah. and like you know getting into some par- like mild paranoia, right. like you know, right. conspiracy theories. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, the Muslims right. sure. are taking over Chicago. Sure. Oh, that's yeah. happening, of course. And stuff. Which is God bless him. I love the guy. You know, right? No, and, and yeah, and Jeff Monson is uh, he has his own interesting twist on yeah. politics. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's an anarchist. That yeah, guy. he's and a hardcore. If you're going to defend anarchy from an intellectual position, like. Yep. All right. <laughs> no, he's uh, luck, he's definitely Some of my best an interesting. Yep. Is that true? Absolutely. Yeah. You think? Can you think they can? Do they defend it from an intellectual? They actually like oh, yeah, seriously. Yeah. Oh wow. All the anarchists I know are, are intellectuals. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Some of them are professors. And yeah, that's what I would think they have to be. All, all of them are intellectuals. Right. Yeah. Some of the smartest people I know. Wow. Yeah, I mean it's it's a very well established intellectual tradition. No, I mean, sure. I just don't. You know. I then there's I don't then there's just the anarchy kids with the black hoodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, throwing shit in the streets. Which is cool too, right? But, um, <laughs> it's all there's good. also a, a very you know developed system of ideas behind it too. Yeah. Let me cool. jump back before yeah. we get into global warming, Pat Milley, or anarchy, and all of it, I or, or anarchy, or all of it. Yeah. I what his ambition. Is. My, My ambition. Okay, yeah, I don't that. even know. I don't what even do you, know either. If you could. That's a very good question, yeah. and I think I should know that, but I don't. No, I listen. I'm, I I I actually love just working and writing and getting paid to write, and I'm telling stories, and you know I. I'm having fun, man. I can't, I am not bitter, but I think it's because I've gotten the breaks. You know, I, I got the break at the right time and uh, and things have come along. And, and certainly, like, there's times when you're desperate for a W. You know, you're like, fuck, man, I need to win. You know, mm-hmm. this sucks. And then, you know, luckily I managed to scrape by and ma- maintain a sense. It's funny, I did a lot of research in prisons for a project I was working on. And, like, the need to feel respected as a man, like the need to feel like you're, it's it's way more important than money. You know what I mean? It's sure. way more important than anything. If you feel like you're uh, respectable, like a legit, like a force, and that powerlessness just eats you up. So you see guys that don't have, can't get that, and they'll just do whatever they need to do to get it. You know, and it's not necessarily about money. It's much more about being uh you know assertive or being something someone a force to be reckoned with you know what i mean sure. and that's and that's but despite the wins you still try to get into fight with old ladies on the freeway so <laughs> i mean there's i have a bad i'm telling you i'm you're gonna read about it i'm gonna kill somebody oh, in the man. car i have like a it's i'm not in control what car do you drive again i, I need drive. to be on the lookout <laughs> i know <laughs> i'm like tonight <laughs> super i don't even <laughs> I don't, but it's just like I can tell. I because you know what it is. I hate living in LA. I right. Me too. And it's, it's and I drive a Subaru down. too. Right. I think that speaks down. to our you know emasculated nature. You know, it's like that's that's our that's where our rage comes from. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> to me, no. See, I think like <laughs> no, no, no. I, I don't even like. You should see. I used to drive like a you know like a Geo Metro. I drove oh my a fucking God, Corsica. Man. Like no I wonder you want to kill. People. I don't believe in like. I think if you if you need your car to be something about you, like no, I know. You know, of course. Right. Yeah. I actually don't. All it's talking about is your penis size, really. Exactly. <laughs> your own insecurities. Exactly. Like, 
That's why I drive the smallest car possible. My, <laughs> that's me too. My buddy Duff <laughs> was a comedian. So this guy pulled up next to him with like a you know one of those three hundred fifty thousand dollar cars, and Dove looked over and he goes, "You know what? You won, but you still lost." <laughs> you know, it's just like the fact that you spent three hundred thousand dollars on a car means tells us exactly you lost. one thing: you lost, yeah. buddy. Like you won. <laughs> Well, you didn't. Yeah, win. cars are one of the things that I just could not care less. I'm like, yeah, I take me I from point A want, to yeah, point exactly. B. We all hate LA. Don't give crap. I hate LA. I have a mixed relationship well, yeah, with LA. Santa Monica is all right. I can yeah. handle it. Well, I mean, one Santa cool Monica thing about LA right off the bat is two cool things about LA right off the bat. One is that in terms of globalization, you know, you find literally people from all over the yeah. world, yeah. and that that's cool in itself. Yeah, you know, you, you run you into. You don't hang out with them. Well, that's the other thing. You do meet a lot of really interesting people. Like if you think about how many interesting people you can run into LA, then the fact is you're gonna hang out with them for about 45 minutes and then never see them again for the next nine months probably. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the part that's not so pleasant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you do have the chance to make those encounters. There are a bunch of places on earth where you just don't make those encounters, mm -hmm. period. See, I lived in New York for 17 years. Yeah, New York, mm -hmm. you do that. I don't do that in LA God, a lot. Man, people are all. so interesting in New York. And yeah. it's, I mean, you're just always running into people who are fascinating and do fascinating. I mean, of course, there's plenty of people here like that. Sure. It's just it's harder to find them. I don't meet anybody. Yeah, I don't meet it. I don't. Right? Because we're all in cars and houses all the time. Yeah, so yeah. how the hell do your days even work? I, what do you, you I wake get up? up and ride and then I goof off. Mm -hmm. But it's mainly just <laughs> cranking it out at the writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I get up and I write uh, and I deal with the kid a little bit and I, that's it. Work out and go write some more, read something and go to bed. I can sense my own bitterness rising in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker. Uh, yeah. Okay, so let's, Rich, cut the mic from Sam. We're done with him. <laughs> you right. know, we're done. It's, I'll put it down. Let's... Uh, Mr. Easy Life. Yeah, man. Right. No, I, I don't complain about it. No. Yeah. No, I mean, that's great. But I guess back to the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like the most passive-aggressive that's we're great thing right ever. Now, <laughs> no, what do you think is about that thing, about the, the whole having ambition as a blessing as a curse yeah. having this drive and on one end is the is the kind of the fire that fuels creativity and on the other end is the thing that also fuels anger and frustration and all of that yeah. uh what's yeah. going on with that can we get the good without the bad is there a way to kind of no. keep the fire can going you think of no. a great artist or great intellectual or who's not tortured who's not tortured I yeah. can think of one, yeah. Can you? No. What's right. yours? No, no, I can think I mean, of my all-time idol in this regard because yeah. what I see is that that was my model, right? You know, if you feel that way, if you have that degree of sensitivity, if you have that driving passion, mm -hmm. the torture, inner trouble goes with the territory. There's the something one, also about the wisdom that comes from suffering. Yeah, the guy who exemplify from me the the ability to have the wisdom without the suffering or at least not the suffering i'm sure he has the suffering because everybody does right but not where it gets to you or you tom robbins mm -hmm. the guy who wrote mm -hmm. uh, still sure. life with woodpecker and uh, he's one of those guys that i read him his books are hilariously funny super deep philosophically he has uh, he has that he has heart you know he has a lot of passion and yet He's like the happiest guy you're going to run into. You sure about that? Well, again, as much as you can be from the outside, right? Oh, as much as right. you can judge from the outside. Right. You never really know somebody else. Talk, but, talk to his therapist. Yeah, but 99% <laughs> of other human beings, I don't need to get that close to see it. Mm -hmm. With him, is like you see him and then you get a little closer and there's still that degree of happiness. And you're like, Jesus, 
So I've been listening maybe. to all these podcasts, mm-hmm. uh, like Mark Maron's podcast. With the, it's all comedians. Rich, right. cut that's what mic happened? right away. Is like he's cheating on us. There's oh. only one podcast that you're allowed I'm to sorry, listen man. to. What the fuck, Mark I'm sorry, Maron? Man. I love me some Mark Maron. So. Right on, dude. See, uh, it's all good. We'll cut Rich no mic too. I'm just no everybody out of this room. I'm just gonna talk to myself <laughs> for the <laughs> next hour. No competition, man. I've never been on his podcast. I've been on yours twice. Okay, let's just calm down. I love you. So he's interviewing all these comedians all the time, right? Yeah. And it's just one after the other, after the other, after the other. Divorce, alcoholism, more divorce, yeah, more those pain. Are comedians too. A comedian. Well, are, right, but it's yeah. like, and I, but yeah, but I think this is true for musicians too. I think it's true for. Did you hear the Miss Pat episode? I did. Holy smokes! Talk about suffering. Yeah, yeah, that was talk intense. about suffering. In some ways, though, her hers was like less suffering because it was all external. Yeah. It was shit that happened to her f- by other people, whereas most comedians, I mean, they'd, there'd be like a divorce in their family or whatever, but it, you know, it was all this sort of internal strife right? Where you that was driving them from, and right. making them interesting and making them funny Yeah, because that's what being a great comedian is, right? It's like taking the suffering of everyday life and then flipping it and making it safe for us right? for, yeah, a, mo- see, for took, a moment. If you took away the ambition, then like, you know, you're just not going to, it's like you're taking away art. You take, it's like death sure. is the mother of beauty, right? Or yeah, absolutely. It's like you're, yeah. But God damn it, I just want to work it like, you know. You don't. I want to be an accountant. You don't. But I that's, do. You would fucking kill you. Don't tell me what I don't want to no, do. You would. you would be, <laughs> don't you tell me, you're at the boss of me. But that, I, I guess, know, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead no, go ahead, man. No, I guess that's what interests me is that that, mo- I mean, when I was thinking about all the people that I, idolize on an artistic level or some of my heroes i'm like okay nietzsche ended up crazy mm-hmm. the other dude was bipolar the other dude is the, there everybody has like crazy issues where and i'm like maybe i need to pick my heroes a little better here because you know i admire the passion and the intensity but jesus that's a little that's not exactly coming out of uh, suffering like conquering it this is managing to produce some amazing things in the middle of all this ongoing drama that consume you that's why i don't know the tom robbins example the this is purely literature because this is you know long gone but a guy like iq sojun this zen master from the 1400s who's my absolute idol you know he did get early on brutally tough childhood this close to suicide try suicide but when he got out i mean the story about his, the rest of his life are amazing and again granted that's from the outside who knows what was going right. on inside yeah with the pattern of myth but too. it doesn't right. look like it you right. know it's like i can quote like 99.9 percent of other historical well, figures don't even that that even just by looking at it right. from the outside let alone yeah i mean i think you know i i think it's the price you pay and i think mm-hmm. it's it's hundred. What's worthwhile, you know? I think right. that's that's the thing. It's like a, a worthy. You know, you you want to make something great, like you pay for it, you know, and you pay somehow. I think, I meet so many, not so many, but I've talked to like, I'm not going to say their names, but like f- really famous directors mm-hmm. who are like killing it, like killing it, like you can't believe yeah. killing it, and they're like, fuck movies, fuck it. Nobody understands me. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes me. Like sure. you know, and you hear these people and they're like. It just, I don't think like you ever get there. There's no there there. Yeah. <laughs> you just feel like it. Yeah. Well, especially when you're talking about directors. I mean, when those guys peak out, when you're in front of a $150 billion movie, unless you are Steven Spielberg, how many decisions are you actually making? I mean, you can just feel the accountants behind him. You can feel, oh, well, we got to test this and test that. And even you know, Spielberg, like he only works eight hours a day now, that guy. Like he's not going to do it. Right. Uh, but uh, you know, anyway, I, don't, I mean, listen, I just feel like, you know, it's like it's like you know, without ambition, there's no art. So you're not gonna, you know, you know I don't want to live in a world like that. The question is, can you be a, a great creative genius without having endured tremendous suffering? 
No, I yes. mean, oh, question. I think out. so. I don't think you have to have endured suffering. And I think there's like that. Yeah. There's that romantic myth about like you know artists are crazy. I'm not sure that's. Wait, true. I'm confused because I thought you were arguing for the no, you have to. Uh, but I'm saying there is a price you pay. But I'm not saying you have to be uh, tortured or you have to be insane. Like, listen, yeah, certainly some suffering. You have to understand the suffering. I think. You know, I don't even think you can like you can inherit suffering, which is another topic. But I think like there is. I think. Yeah, no, you definitely, you're right, actually. I'm going to change my mind. You, you, you do need something. <laughs> yeah. But it's not like you have to be crazy, is all I'm saying. You yeah. don't have well, to be no, you don't crazy. Think, yeah, it depends on what crazy means. And, but yeah, like, right. it just, again, like, it's hard to think of a great creative genius who didn't endure something. Whether, and again, it doesn't have to be external, but some, it could be some internal drama. Too. Now, that I completely agree. Yeah, but right. I think, like, my goal is to find the one that has endured something but have come out in a way that does not continuously endure for the rest of their life you know because there's a difference between sure having gone through a lot and coming up you know above water after that and being able to swim through and never go down to the same depth you know it it's familiar you right. can come right back well the guy who's coming to by you immediately is robin williams right? well so i mean right. from the outside he looked like the happiest man on earth right yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know the other. Yeah, and that's yeah. a that's like a real career. Like, wow, look at that career. You and as successful as you can be. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and clearly, and clearly went down below the depths many times, yep. and went way below. Yeah, and that, I think you're getting into like the chemistry set side of the brain, like depression. Perhaps. There. Like you know, I mean, I just yeah. had some friends who had suicides in their family and stuff and there really is like a quality like you know some of it's like oh the medication changed and like mm-hmm. yeah you know and then they, two weeks later they killed themselves or whatever i think yeah. there's a there's a could be for sure yeah. i mean i think i learned that doing a lot of drugs is like you realize your brain's a chemistry set yes it know? is yeah. <laughs> and you can you can if the chemicals are off you can that's true and i guess that's what to me is like the in a way i don't want to say responsibility but almost of somebody who has that degree of sensitivity, that degree of uh, creative passion, that degree of all of that, not only for themselves, but kind of for everybody else in a way to lay a model for how it can be and not having to be the torture artist who whips himself daily in order to feel that thing. Somebody who has that, not only give me something amazing that you produce, that's great, but also find me a way to live life breathing better you know to live life in a happier fashion Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that to me is like the ultimate goal that somebody who has that degree of sensitivity can strive for because then you're not just doing a favor for yourself you're not just producing some amazing artwork that one can look at and go wow what a great book or what an amazing movie or what but you're also kind of showing in a way a path that somebody can walk not exactly the same footsteps because everybody's different but at least that it's possible that it can be done that you can have that sensitivity and not be bound to being in deep suffering all your life and b maybe give ideas for how that can happen you know mm-hmm. for, that, other, for other people yeah for other mm-hmm. people that to me is the the holy the goal yeah, yeah absolutely that's like when you know in Buddhism they speak of the Bodhisattva. That to me is kind right. of the artistic equivalent of the Bodhisattva, right? The one who sort of goes through the whole thing, and once they climb out, one quote unquote, they are enlightened, is able to hold that door open to show somebody else how mm. it can yeah, be done. Sure. What if I told you you could live a life of pleasure and fun and leisure, and not help anyone else? Um, would you take that? Because I sure would. <laughs> would you? You wouldn't. Hell yeah. No, Thad would. We don't. <laughs> you would? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now you're uh, just saying that. 
in my visual well, going to help anyone anyway so <laughs> right exactly <laughs> in my visualization of the moment after i saw Tad on top of the deck of a pirate <laughs> ship uh, with a sword and now i'm seeing you with horns and going like here sign here you can just well, how, why be is that, happy why is that never... a deal with the devil there's nothing wrong with what, uh, I, what I described i don't think he's wrong i with never helping anybody um, yeah why is that wrong i'm not saying being happy yourself that's a good thing isn't that it? is a good thing that is a good in thing. in fact maybe that should be all we should be striving for and mm, I, I think say, it's more I, important i would should i would suggest well i mean i think ultimately i guess that's why i can make the choice for one simple reason because to me is the moment you are happy yourself if you are not completely sort of autistic in the sense that you're just in your own little world and you can't see anything else, if you have that degree of happiness, you kind of want to share it. You kind of want to see other people that you care about. You want to make sure that they have it too. And uh, and also, what kind of happiness are we talking about? Like just a sensual pleasure, like nice things? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because... Well, whatever, however you define it. Or what makes me happy is like writing some shit that i think is amazing like so and right well the, you said the, that's gonna make people yeah you said better. That what, what you enjoy about your career is that you get paid to do things you have fun doing. Yeah, yeah 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 well that's kind of what that's I'm getting. that's actually what i described yeah yeah well right. you're getting paid to have fun but i'm not but, i i like to think of it as also like it's i'm making mm-hmm. it's like creating art like it, you don't want to make things that make the world a better place mm-hmm. you make people learn from or see a different side of like you say you're exposing hypocrisy you know mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. holding up mirrors to people that that's what makes me happy and I, I think that's what makes you happy so you are helping people by being happy <laughs> no. your happiness is linked, <laughs> your happiness is linked to other, helping well, other people yeah, I, yeah. I think it is i mean listen you're an educator and you've written two books about yes. education so yes 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 that's true. You just ah, yeah. No, no, no. We unmask. I'm not saying that. I'm not a hypocrite. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. We unmask that Todd has a heart. That's yes. amazing. But no, I no, I I'm absolutely I'm hardwired to be like a savior. Mm-hmm. You know, for sure. I'm just always fighting against it. Right. So the thing about happiness and about sharing it with others, right? I mean. Rich finds that funny. That is funny, man. That's like I'd be a great doctor if it wasn't for the sick people and blood involved. Right. Other than that, I'd be awesome. Exactly. I'm weird. What can I say? Um, <laughs> no, when one is happy, one serves as a model for others, right? right. So you, you share it without even trying. Mm-hmm. So it's actually, I find it a little off-putting when people feel like they need to share mm-hmm. who they are with others. It ends up being a little paternalistic. No, I agree. I'm not talking okay. evangelist where it's like, right. look, you know, kind of like the Tom Cruise uh, never blinking face of just like... But we get inundated, but we get like, inundated with that all, all day yeah, long, Yeah, no, right? I hate that because that oh, you're... Oh, you should do hot yoga. Yeah. Oh, you should eat this fucking granola bar. Oh, you should eat... I completely agree with you. Kale. That stuff is just annoying as hell. And ultimately, to me, it's not even real because somebody who's that happy... Is not somebody who just discovered one thing that makes them happy for two hours. That's a different thing. They become the preachers that want to convince everybody of, you need to try this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about <coughs> a degree of happiness where you are so kind of content with your life, content, comfortable in your own skin, mm-hmm. that you'll gladly share it, but you don't feel that need to shove it somebody's throat. Because I think the fact that when you do feel that need, it shows that you're not that satisfied to begin with. Mm-hmm. If it's all about, I need to convince you too, so you see the light, is because right. you are not that convinced to begin with so i'm i'm thinking about zen buddhism mm-hmm. when you talk about this right and monks mm-hmm. zen monks you guys know Thich Nhat Han, the yeah. vietnamese yeah, yeah. zen monk yeah, yeah. yeah. No. so but he you know he's just representative of a lot of them mm-hmm. you know it's like they certainly project mm-hmm. this um identity of sure. being completely content and they certainly talk that way right uh-huh. and smile all the time his thing is smiling no yeah. matter what right 
And um, what do you think of that? I don't buy it. I mean, I don't. <laughs> let me put it that way. It's not that I don't buy it that I think he's lying because I don't know the guy. I, honestly, I have right. no idea, right? Mm-hmm. I haven't. I've seen a few pictures. I've seen some quotes. I'm not enough to read him in depth. It doesn't. Well, the monk, doesn't, the monk type, not yeah, just him, but you know, the monk type. I guess what I don't buy is this: the life is more complicated than one face all the time. If you are always smiling, right. I don't trust you because I don't think that smile is genuine. Right. If you smile most of the time but you are capable of feeling the opposite and you show me that you are capable of feeling the opposite then I believe you you know because it's like then there's something where smiling is a choice that I guess is the key thing is if smiling or if he's being calm or if he's taking it in a let it go kind of way if that's a choice then I respect it I think he's awesome but to me it's like in so many cases that's not a choice that's a dogma is I learned that I'm supposed to be always happy, always let things go, never anything get to me. First, I don't buy that you have it. Maybe because I'm a cynical bastard, but I don't really think that that's how life works. B, I don't think you're helping anybody because you're not showing somebody that you are, that you can relate to them on an emotional level. Like I look at somebody like that and I'm like, well, good for you that's so far away from where i'm at that i don't see the steps to get to that place so it doesn't really help me if you show me that you can understand the pain that you do struggle that you have that and you come up on top in a good way then that's a whole different story because then it's a genuine 360 degree human being who's choosing to emphasize some aspects or the other that's why i hate new age stuff not because there's anything wrong with a lot of the stuff that's being said, because a lot of the message is good, but because I don't buy the, I, I find it not genuine. How do you, I, how do you feel about the Dalai Lama? Because I don't know the other guy you're talking about. Right. How do you feel about that? Like a guy who's sort of from birth raised in the system and now he's held up as this Yeah, thing. again, like a guy like the Dalai Lama, I kind of like the guy. There's something there that when I see him, I, I feel like there's, I don't think he's lying. You know what right. I mean? I don't think he's being fake. I think though that his whole life is so... In some way, you know, he has had clearly some of real issues, right? You know, you lose your sure. country, you yeah, get kicked yeah. out, you're responsible for all these people who look up to you and they are colonized by the chain. There's a lot of crap. Right. But at the same time, I feel like you've been a monk your whole life, you've never had sex, you've never had kids, you've never had some of the experiences of life that other human beings deal with that are shake you up emotionally in a lot right. of ways. You never had to deal with it. I'm not saying you're you're bad because of that, but clearly your ability to relate to the experiences of people who have gone through those things is somewhat limited. Yeah, it's suspect. So again, I dig it. I see that smile. I actually believe it's genuine, right. but I don't necessarily think that you're laying down a path that somebody else who has completely different experiences from you can really learn as much. I think they can learn something from you, right. but it's a little too monochromatic. It's just one face of life. Mm-hmm. And what I learn most from people is when they have more than one face and they choose to pick some healthier faces. My my question about those guys is it just it's a life that seems fucking boring. How do you you know? Well, I mean, it, you know, I, are there per- certain people who just don't need stimulation? Um, and that's who those people are. They occupied that position in the world or. You know, or I, do they just suffer? Do they struggle against the boredom? What in the world do they do when they walk into their monk's quarters and they're bare walls? <laughs> no, that's, and, but that's and exactly they're right. wearing their sandals and right. like they're sitting on their little hard bed. So, like, you know, I, sp- I spent like maybe there's 15 a- days at a, at, a te- at a silent temple <laughs> oh, in Thailand, right? right? Yeah, so, right. And like I got a, ta- a little taste. 
and it's like they study, right? It's like they're studying, they're working at it, and the guys who are good can sit for six hours cross-legged and do it. Mm-hmm. And like the king of Thailand has gone through it very, in- I'm doing air quotes, very intensive study. Mm-hmm. So he's like more evolved than you and me. And I gotta say, there is something about it where like I kind of buy it mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reason. Like it's it's first of all, it's the hardest thing I've ever done, mm-hmm. bar none. Hmm. It's awful. Um, <laughs> it's it's okay. so goddamn boring. <laughs> but you basically go through. I mean, I was by day five. You've been through every single memory you've ever had, and you've gone over it, Jeez. and you're so bored. But that's that's the crux of it, right? And. You know, by when I got out, I, I definitely like. You know, I, I was supposed to stay longer, and I was like, I, I choose life. I'm leaving. You know, like, but <laughs> so you're describing for, it as death, yes. which maybe just proved my point. But it was like pretty amazing <laughs> what those guys could do, and the feeling I had of like I could see very clearly 360 degrees around every issue of my life, like mm. every facet, every problem. And I kind of like when I think of the Dalai Lama, like, you know, my wife is like thinks he's bullshit, right? Because it's like, ah, you can't fucking be born into this shit. Like, what are you talking about? There is something about being trained and that Mm -hmm. idea of study, uh, which I buy for whatever reason. I'm not sure I can articulate it. What are they studying, though? Well, that's it. They're studying themselves and they're studying, you know, this, this, this thought process and how they deal with shit and again yeah it's like what i mean all those things you're saying are true like this guy's never gotten laid how can sure. you tell me anything about my life you know you know what i know a lot more than him about a lot of things uh-huh. <laughs> right. one thing everybody's you know we've a <laughs> <laughs> couple of things right <laughs> but uh yeah so i again i'm not clear on it like i don't my gut kind of maybe i just want to believe maybe i have some like you know mystical you know Eastern philosophy thing that I'm just buying in because I like the Ninja Turtles as a kid or whatever. And I Ninja like, Turtles are awesome, by but, the way. <laughs> but but well, but I do buy it on. Some I totally level. buy it yeah. sitting with yourself and examining yourself. Mm-hmm. I buy that as a very very useful exercise. Yeah, there was yeah. a guy on top of the mountain. This like that we never saw who had been in like deep study for two years. Oh my God. And you're like, what's he doing up there? What's going on? And like he gets his food. It's like fucking who knows what that motherfucker's yeah. doing. <laughs> but anyway, I, I don't know. So yeah, like again, you're sitting with yourself and... Mm. and but I guess that's why going back to my... Like I, I hate bringing him up all the time because it sounds like... Um, I don't know where I'm going with that. So I'll cut that thought. But <laughs> the whole uh, <laughs> EQ Sojourn, my... Zen idol. Mm-hmm. What I dug about him is that he was like meditating in the mountain, awesome. Mm-hmm. Going to hookers, right? Awesome. Right. Right, right, so yeah, his right. thing was that not, not that. Tick not on. No, exactly. <laughs> and he's embracing life. He's yeah. kind of like embracing all sides. He's yeah. like meditation is great. Yeah. Right. So is having sex. So is having a good night where you drink sake and uh, right. eat he's, out with yeah, the villagers. Yeah, yeah. But that's, but that's anti-Zen. So I mean, that's. I think that's real Zen. That's real well, Zen. That sounds the, like real Zen to me. But uh, is not what ninety-nine percent of the guys yeah, who yeah. feed the mold <laughs> do, okay. right? Yeah, well, okay. So okay. I think yeah. like his thing is. Because what he's going for is that awareness, that level of like changing consciousness. You are going for it, but you are going for it in a way that you don't have to lock up yourself up in a monastery for the rest of your life. Because mm-hmm. that's, it's not that it's bad, it's that it's limited. 
and that there's a right. lot more to life than that. Exactly. And so that's why, I, going back to that concept of the model of somebody who lays a model that I can look up to and I can kind of get a sense of their path and maybe model mine a little along those lines. Yeah. I like that because that's real. He's not telling me, somebody who tells me, you know, I'll go to the top of the Himalaya and meditate for three years and then have visions of this and then I'll be a piece of, and everything can happen, you know, they can tear up in front of me, the people I love, and I'll be smiling and saying non-attachment. Like, well, it's if it works for you, yeah. great, but you're not really giving me anything that helps me here because right. it's not, it's so far beyond what I can understand and experience mm -hmm. that I, A, I don't know that I want it, and B, I definitely don't know how to get there. This is keeping a humanity about quote unquote enlightenment, is what I dig. Is that level where you're constantly, uh, the idea that real enlightenment is not separate from daily life, is daily life with an asterisk, mm -hmm. you know, his daily life with just a deeper degree of awareness to mm -hmm. it all. That's what to me, that's why again, reading all sort of Asian philosophy and mm -hmm. some of the more mystical stuff, the guys I truly dig are the ones who get at that crux where they can have the one side, but also the other at the same time. That's real Tao to me. The other right. one is you're just too one-sided. Yeah, I mean, mindfulness has made sense to me when people have described it as such. It is appreciating what you have right in front of you, mm -hmm. right? And they don't draw limits about what that can be. So, right. you know, it could be your hand and the way it moves, right? Or I suppose it could be your BMW. I mean, um, sure, right? I yeah, mean, so like that seats, right? Like, so that now, love these seats. so that if, if that's how you love your car, God bless you. Yeah, by the way, I guess, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, it is a beautiful thing. Yeah, right. And, and it's a magical stars, thing yeah, in yeah. a way, yeah. right? Yeah. It moves in this magical way. Um, it just so happens that you know people who get deep into it tend to go for the the ascetic life, yep. which is where they cut themselves off yep. from much of life, right? right. So yeah, they actually right. limit them. They're not living. They, uh, they're not doing things that most of us do. Right, and that's um, where, you know, the Dalai Lama, I'm like, right. I'm good for you. I don't think I don't think the guy is fake. I don't think it's bullshit. I think it's real for him, and I have nothing against it if that's his path and makes mm -hmm. him happy, and it clearly helps some other people. Is not what I would choose, and is not something that helps me that much. So then, why do they need monks? What is the point of that? Do you why do these religions have monks? <laughs> and that's not just not just Buddhists. It's also you know. Well, I Catholic think part of it is the idea that uh, I, I think it starts from a very mistaken first thought which is that real spirituality is separate from day-to-day -day life mm -hmm. and that's the origin of the problem because if you think that that's the case then you need to go off away right. from everything right. in order to appreciate right. the real mystery of right. life deeper mm -hmm. contemplation requires sequestration mm -hmm. from real life and, all that. and there's something to that in the sense that clearly you're not gonna find your quote-unquote inner voice in the middle of everybody yeah. talking to you all day long but you don't need to make that your whole life. That's why right. I dig the idea of the vision quest. You know, you go off for four days in the wilderness by yourself, right. you'll discover a lot of stuff about yourself, but then you go back to having a real yeah. life, you know, or you go and you meditate an hour a day. Great, yeah, good is for it you. Like, is it mostly like historical context? I would think like it evolved. They're still around. No, no, but oh. I mean, the reasons they're around, it's like, was, I, you know. It's, I mean, it's not his question. I mean, I think, it, well, you're the from what I know, I mean, it's, well, he knows more than I do, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, I think everything. also I was going to add, 
um, that I think has a lot to do with the mind-body dualism in Western culture, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's well, I guess it's Eastern culture too, yep. where you you know the idea is you the body and the mind are antagonistic toward one another, yep, and right. the body holds all the bad stuff, the yep. dangerous stuff, the yep, sex, right. the lust, the desire mm-hmm. to drink, the desire to eat, the desire to be lazy, all that stuff. And the mind is not just the rational, controlling, disciplining part. It's also the spiritual the part. Divine. It's also the path to God. Right. Yeah. So you find God through thinking, through rational thought, right? So this goes back to like the early Christians, yep. and Augustine right. and all those cats. Um, and so I think the monk, the monk tradition probably, mm-hmm. I'm guessing, comes, comes out from of that some in part. part. Yeah, in yeah, part. some philosophy. So right, you, split, you split yourself off from your body, right, right. Yep. and all its needs and desires, right? And therefore, and thereby become closer to God through the mind. You know, I, bet, I, I was just, I'm going to take this a little bit in a different path. I was, I was, thinking a lot and, and reading some stuff about like this idea of rationality and you mm-hmm. talk about like the evolution of the monk it's like when you go back and look at uh, I just don't know quite and you might know sort of when this moment sort of starts to happen in human history but like there is such a volatility emotional volatility like you know like uh, you know fucking Hercules like has a gets, has a hissy fit and kills his kids you know mm-hmm. what I mean like there's this like flying off the handle of these of like Alexander and all these like all these historical figures where they just like lose their shit and we yep. don't do that anymore we don't not real not in the same <laughs> way like not oh. where it's like oh he just got, he flew into a rage and slew his own children oh. well, you know now what I mean? we do it with drones and yeah, well and, we do it and you know, cluster listen, bombs there's always gonna yeah. be that stuff but I'm just yeah. talking or with the switch on his ass I mean there's well, still people going off. Oh yeah. No, no, no. But it's it's not like this. There was like a different kind of reasoning. I always remember learning about like like Zeno's paradox. Right? Less less regulated rage. I, I think we're we've we've become very controlling of our own emotions. Oh, yeah, 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 that's yeah. something that's like happened in the last five hundred years. Or, sure. Yes. And yeah. I don't know if there's like a moment. That's, it's you called guys it's are, called the Enlightenment. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, like that yeah. kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. like. Is there like a, I don't know, even what's the question, but like there's like a, it just made me think of this, this, when you're sort of talking about the separation of, yeah. the, of the, of the two. Yeah, so the mind. Because I think they yeah. did, like they did, they were ruled by, uh-huh. the ancients were ruled by these things and like. Right. Yeah. So you know, like. The Bacchanalia. Yeah. So the mind body right? dualism was sort of invented by the Greeks, especially Plato, and then it gets amplified by the early Christians, but it doesn't really take hold, become dominant in Western culture until the enlightenment when right. it becomes sort of the normal way to think about the world and the, and the human soul, which is, and the important thing about it is that Western culture doesn't just say that there's a mind and a body. The mind is controlling and disciplining and spiritual and the body is full of lust and danger. It says that the mind is better. Yep. Right. right. Better, superior, and then those people of the mind are better are people. Better people. Right. Yeah. Right. The theme that's the whole. This is my, all of my work. Basically, comes from that oh, a cr- wow. criticism of that. Right. 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 So if you look at in our culture, right, you think about the people who we've associated with the mind and with the body, mm-hmm. then you can all the whole American right. history opens up in front right. of your eyes. Right. It's right, like right, right. black people, body, right. white people, mind, men, right. but mind, women, body, etc. Gays, right, right, body. Right. All the people we've oppressed and relegated, right, are the people we've associated, rightly and wrongly, mm-hmm. right? In many cases, I argue rightly right. uh, with the body. But my point is the body's actually a goddamn fucking good thing. So if, <laughs> if, if your group, Take your social group is actually it, yeah. actually is more of the body, then God bless you. Thank God you're here. Right. And if not for you, we wouldn't have jazz. Yes. Tell, me, <laughs> tell me what you think about this as a possibility. Because I was wondering about, you know, thinking or about the exact same. Really. Right. Or, or any, anything good in this culture, <laughs> actually. Honest, yeah. Any good music. Any good. Anything good in this culture from my, my point of view. Yeah. Uh, the br- I, appreciate the br- I appreciate the bridges, you know, and the roads and stuff. 
stuff. Yeah. But you know, no, we all you can I, get I, that listen, anywhere. Acapella is good. The good shit in American acapella culture groups are fine. comes from people of the body. <laughs> but yeah. I'm not rocking out to. Right. And about that body thing, I mean, the fact that <laughs> this is not exclusively a Western thing, because one could say, oh, Western religion started this, and then everywhere in the world is all happy body. Clearly, you know, the whole Eastern monasticism and the uh, idea of the this life as illusion and the real life is spirit, the real you is... All of this separation between either the soul and the body or the mind and the body, depending on how you want to take it. In my mind, the way I see it, um, it comes from fear of death in the sense right. that the origin of this stuff is you know that your body is not going to last. So if you identify yourself with the body, you are exen- essentially accepting the fact that you're not going to last. And that's something that makes you you in a very meaningful way is eventually going to go. That's an annoying kind of thought for most people. So the way I see it is that a lot of these guys who are about sort of the the, play, the Plato, you know, this the real world of the ideas is not anything physical. The Christian, it's all about the this everlasting soul. Same thing in Hinduism, same thing. These are people who freak out at the thought that such a huge part of them, which may be all of them or maybe part of them, but nonetheless a big part of them may die. And so where do you need to put the emphasis in order to escape this fear of death? In something that you can at least assume it doesn't die. This eternal consciousness that's separated from the physical, whether in purely religious term as the soul or whether as, as an intellectual capability, but something that basically doesn't age, doesn't suffer mm-hmm, the same sure. process Won't of die. decay and yeah. die. And then how do you explain the obsession with sex? Right. So all the all the ascetics going from Plato through the early Christians, I mean, that was their major target was sex. Right. Sexuality, sexual desire. Right. That's what Augustine devoted his whole city of God to. Right. You know, um, and Paul and Mm -hmm. the epistles to the Romans, um, you know, about sacrificing your members, sacrificing your body to God. Right. Right. Um, that sounds different than death to me. There's a fear. It sounds to me like there's a fear of sex rather than a fear of death. But I think it's linked. Because, well, it's okay. the fear of the body, though, yeah. right? It's the fear of the pure body controlling you, yeah. which is he's saying is that's the reminder of death. Right. But there's something about sex that's so fascinating that's so threatening. Well, for one, because there's nothing. I mean, I like to eat and, and I like good drinks, but there's nothing that ties me to the body more than sex. Sex is the one physical experience that's more intense than anything else. Mm. So if you are if you are trying to severe contact with the body and you're ca- trying to cast the body as an obstacle, right. then sex is the number one obstacle because there's nothing else that quite and certainly what people. pulls your mind, what right. pulls your yeah. mind away from right. what you should it's, be thinking right. about. It's exactly. the most intense of the bodily exactly. Yes, yes. Right. precisely. And it's like that old joke is like you know what's it. Teenage boys think about sex for every 16 seconds, and you're like, well, what do you think about the another fucking 15 seconds? <laughs> <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah, it pulls your mind away from the world, yeah. uh, and therefore it is disruptive and and irrational, yep. right? Yeah. It causes yeah. disruption, right? Exactly. It causes com- sometimes chaos, right? That's why they have a Mongol. When the, you do it right. <laughs> a Mongol. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> That's why you have a what? A Mongol? What are they? Uh, have to the do Mongol horde? Sorry, I was 
<laughs> I, I mentioned how my mind was picturing Thad uh, in on top of the pirate ship. Now uh, I'm a Mongol. Thad as the devil. Yeah, now, thank God, I was not picturing Thad, and my mind was wandering in a very happy direction. <laughs> I just pictured. Ah, yes. Okay. So I don't talk about the Mongols because I got in a lot of trouble about my lack oh, yeah, of knowledge yeah, yeah. about Genghis Khan after the Joe Rogan. Podcast. I remember. Oh, they did he get crap? Because you know, well, you're a couple a, of books. No, not Joe, yeah. but yeah. but the thing is, you're a historian. Aren't you supposed to know everything, everything that ever happened? Yeah, in I so I got a lot of details. That. Fucking idiot! You're yeah. a historian. You don't know how many people Genghis Khan killed. Right. Like, well, actually, no. <laughs> um, there was a, I, I know a lot, and yet, yeah. guess what? You don't know either. Right. No one does because they didn't have fucking records from then. Right. But anyway, there was a pretty I good digress. book I read that was about Genghis or Gang. I keep saying Genghis. Are you supposed to say Genghis? I think nobody knows. Genghis. Who knows? Right. Right. No Genghis. one fucking knows because yeah. they have no fucking records. My no. point, Joe Rogan fan. <laughs> <laughs> don't, Come on, don't, you got to do that. You got a lot of love there. There's a war you can't win. And even from the fans, you got a lot of love. It was overwhelmingly great. But yeah. I had, you know, the few really annoyed me. But anyway. Back full circle to the whole uh, being driven and never satisfied. The evil bastard, he can get like 80 comments that say, oh, that was great. Right. So we thought it was awesome on the Joe Rogan right. podcast. He's going to find five who say, oh, he sucks. I hate his guts. He's yeah. an idiot. And no. of course, no, 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 no. That's, not, that's unfair. Yeah. It's actually 187. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> do, you read, do you read the bad reviews on Amazon? Do you go and click on the one? I read star? everything, man. Do you read the one, click oh, yeah. on the one star reviews? Sure. Oh yeah, it's just like a of recipe for disaster. I know. Right? You're like, I'm actually okay, Tom. In Tulane, I'm gonna fucking find you, yeah. Tom. I'm gonna come to your Tom. house and tell you why you're not correct. Right. With your one star review, Tom. I, mean, I wasn't trying to do that. Honestly, asshole. yeah. Honestly, I'm immune to most of it. You know, it's it's, right. it's actually that they had a point there. Like, I, I right. wish I had known. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. Got it wasn't like completely wrong. Right. But they were also being a little unfair. Right. A I'm a U.S. historian. <laughs> yeah. So, right. switching gears, let's play with something else, or rather, well, mildly something else, in the sense that we still go into dark emotions and things that we are uncomfortable <laughs> with, and uh, so, Thad, I'm just going to go out on a limb, but I'm just going to go through a concept, and let's see how, what you think of that. How do you approach jealousy? What's that? How do you <laughs> approach <laughs> jealousy? Yeah. Oh, you're, you're okay, sorry. That was like airplane. Yeah, <laughs> it was. What's the cockpit? <laughs> it's a totally leading question because it? what's the concept? You're a very you're a very jealous person. It's an issue of mine. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and it's sort of like my. Uh, it's funny because this is where I'm like the opposite of Thaddeus Russell. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a lot of my work is actually a, not so much a criticism of or critique of jealousy, but of envy. Mm-hmm. Right. So I like I see a lot of. Uh, in a lot of a lot of politics, um, expressions of envy, especially on the left, mm-hmm. I see a lot of that, it's, which comes out in sort of different ways. Right. They don't really, I think they're not not aware of it. I mean, jealousy, I don't really write about, but it's obviously connected. Um, yeah, no, I have definitely. Well, I have, first of all, I have envy issues. Um, I I remember immediately. My first thought is I had a when I was in grad school, toward the end of grad school, I was finishing my dissertation, and there was a guy who was a friend of mine, one of my better friends in grad school. Who uh, who got um, he was and he was like two years behind me, and he got a job at Georgetown, when I when everyone including me was struggling to get anything, right. yeah, and I I couldn't talk to him anymore. Wow, I, wow, I, yeah, I had to I had to like stop talking. Was to he him. a pretty good friend of yours? Yeah, he was like one of my top three or four friends. No, in grad you couldn't yeah. talk to him. Anymore? Couldn't talk to him. Yeah, it was rough. Uh, we're like we're okay now, but. For a while, I could not talk to him. Now you understand why, you know, I see Todd and he's like, how's it going? And I'm like, oh, bad. You don't have this right. problem. Yeah, and yeah, I have yeah, this yeah. other thing. Because you know he's going to fucking stick right. you. Yeah. He's going to drop you. So that, I mean, so since I've, 
made a career, you know. Right. Because I didn't. I had no career then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you nothing. published a book. I had, and you I had shit. I had nothing. Feel... I didn't even have a PhD or anything then. Right. So, but now you know I have a real career. That's that kind of that kind of. Did you get your PhD? Did you finally get? Mm-hmm. I did. Okay. I did. Yeah. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. yeah. It's actually uh, fourteen years ago, Sam. But anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry, man. <laughs> it's quite all right. <laughs> Um, that kind of envy is less powerful, although I guess it's still there. I mean, I still resent. Oh, no. I mean, what am I talking about? I still envy the hell out of like, or I resent the hell out of academics who I think are not good, who've gotten tenure track jobs sure. or tenure. That really still gets to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's so completely foreign to my feelings. Yes, I, I know. You've never really had, understand that. You've never like, had, you know, like murderous thoughts about people like that? No, never. Yeah, yeah. We've, you never. and I have never talked about, you know, like things like wanting to kill colleagues who... Never, never. Gotten <laughs> our, who've gotten in our way and <laughs> ever gotten the good jobs without yeah. publishing anything. Um, oh, right. So, yeah, I still have that, but I guess it's a little less... No, in my in my relationships, personal relationships with women. Yeah, let's problem. quit dealing yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm there, man. Crap. I'm there. Let's I'm brave. go to jealousy. Let's go. Yeah, no, it's been a big problem. Um, more so since my divorce. Mm-hmm. So I was divorced five six years ago five and a half years ago and um it was a problem before then but not nothing like since the divorce which is interesting uh so yeah i've had two relationships since since then and it's been a major force and is that because you're dating like young hot chicks or what well that was part of it with the first one right. um because i did um, yeah, you i was i was with a much old. a much younger woman right. hey what's wrong with Mm. No, there's nothing wrong nothing. with it. I'm just saying that you're was getting de- in, that's you're getting into this other thing. That was part of it, but it wasn't the only part of it because the person I'm with now is basically my age, and it's just as bad. Really? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the youth, the young thing was an issue. But why? Um, what are you freaking out about? Why jealousy? Why be jealous? Yeah. Well, okay. Do you want to hear this? Okay. I want to hear the story. <laughs> <laughs> We're putting you on the couch. Yeah. yeah okay. Well, <clears throat> hi, mom. <laughs> Mom, turn it off. Mom, turn it off. Not my mom. That's mom. She knows all about this. This is not news to her. Um, no, nah, my mom split when I was five. Right. Oh, so right. that's the that's the leading candidate in the sure, th- in, of course. In, in the theories, of course, sure. So, and left my father and my and me and my brother for another man. Right. Um, right. And then she's still with that man forty four years later. Right. Um, and then you know, th- th- since then, like has sort of put him first repeatedly mm-hmm. in various right. big and small ways. Um, so that's kind of most likely what it's the source of it is. Um, so don't do that if you're listening. Anybody. Yeah, don't, don't do, do that. that. Don't do right. that. Yeah, it's like every, the other. In front I always of the joke kid. like everybody's got a dad who walked out, but no one's got a mom who walked out. <laughs> I'm special. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, uh, okay, so and therefore especially fucked up. So you know it. What. Like, how does it show up? Why in situation where, from the way you put it before, it's not that you have real reason to be jealous? Why does it show up? Right. So it's like 95% my rational mind. Mm-hmm. You know, the ni- 95% of me is like, dude, no. Yeah. There's nothing here. Sure. Um, but there's this 5%, what I call my Mr. Hyde, you know, mm-hmm. right. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, who um, is, well, he's five. He's five years old, you know, and he acts that way. And the thing is, he's like a five-year-old, but he's got this big-ass club. He's really yeah. powerful. And when he starts going, right, he can take over. He can he can wreck any situation, mm-hmm. right? Just like a five-year-old can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sort of, and my rational self is powerless or almost powerless. Mm-hmm. Or there's if they have a fight, and you know the kid will be screaming so loud, you know. Right. What about? that thing that you know about that guy or that thing you know about her or this thing that you heard about or this, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's just, yeah. I mean, in these two cases, it's like, 
Yeah, I mean, if you guys saw the inside of the relationships, you'd be like, you're a lunatic. Right. I mean, because there was just nothing. And most importantly, it was like the way these women were treating me Mm -hmm. indicated no problem at all. Right. Right. So there was like... (laughs) But it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, and I'm talking about like romantically, sexually, emotionally, like they were all in. Right. Without a doubt. But um, well, that's what happens with abandonment issues and stuff. Like yeah. That. So, right. So I got that with my mother, too. I got like all in with my mother, but only periodically. Right. Right. So well, that's even worse. Yeah, exactly. It's like those exactly. rats that they, they, they don't they, they put them with like the, 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 the dummies and sometimes the, of their mother. And sometimes the dummies give them a shock and something they can't control it. Right. So it's like totally random. They end up totally paralyzed and with these crazy yeah. issues. I did a ton of research on huh. abusers, serial abusers, huh. guys who end up beating their wives and it's it's abandonment issues hmm. it's like when you're young it's younger than five so it's three mm-hmm. and younger and you cry and she, she's there sometimes and whether she's alcoholic or whether she's just overworked or whether whatever she's just not reliable you develop these things and you start to run what they call the bitch tape in hmm. your head I don't know if you do this you might Maybe. which is like you're thinking about your other, and you're right, that fucking bitch. She's doing this shit to me again. Da 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 da. And she, I mean, I, I don't know if she's, uh, we don't have to get too deep it's into okay. therapy, yeah, no. but like, anyway, this is like a whole, mm-hmm. there's like a lot of court mandated therapists that have right. to work with, and I've read a couple of their books about these guys who get court mandated therapy for serial abuse. Mm-hmm. And it's super predictable, and it's super kind of runs off this abandonment deep abandonment issue so yeah so it's like for me it was like serial abandonment so yeah. it was like she would be a she would come back pheno- and, totally exactly and that fuck, that's worse exactly maybe it was, would have been better if she had just been gone totally. totally yeah, like, yeah no. so Tears right it open again. so once yeah. a week or once a month you know <sighs> she was awesome and totally there and totally emotionally connected to me at and least it felt that way bye and then she was off with Right. Him. Yeah. My girlfriend now like has a theory. I've always thought it was the f- five was when it mm-hmm. happened. Like everything bad happened yeah. after, from then on. And actually, she she's pretty convinced, and I'm sure she's right that that my mother was probably doing similar things before then. Right. It has to be the case. Right. It has to be the case. Um, How do you deal with it? How do you handle it? Are you able? to... Well, okay. So I'm not kidding you. This week I've embarked on, and this is why I brought up Thich Nhat Han. Mm-hmm. I've embarked on a whole new regimen of mental health. Nice. Do tell. Please do that. So, well, sobriety, I've already done that. For, I've been doing that for two years, two years and two months now. The police so is coming to get him in the meantime, if yeah. you can hear the siren in the background. Yeah, so mixing, so the current relationship I'm in, which is two and a half, two and a half years old, um, you know, I, I was immediately jealous because she had just, she she basically dumped this guy to be with me. Mm-hmm. He has every reason to be jealous. And Sure. So I was drinking like a fish and getting this jealousy about him. And that's a very bad combination. Yeah. So I ended up um, beating my heavy bag with a stick and a big thick stick and broke it in half one night. And mm-hmm. that was the last time I took a drink. Right. So so sobriety was the first thing, um, but it, it came. The jealousy came back pretty badly about four weeks ago. Oh wow. And uh, for stupid reasons, but anyway. Um, so then I was like, well, I'm sober, but I'm still, it's just as bad as it was then. Yeah. So I'm doing, I'm beginning dialectical behavior therapy. What the hell which is, is that? A, which is cognitive behavior therapy, which is mm-hmm. a very common um, therapeutic practice, which is about sort of like skills sure. and intervening in your thoughts to stop 
you know, no. destructive yeah. thoughts. Just practicing. So I, I, yeah, I did, I did about 12 years of psychoanalytic therapy Jesus. in New York and here, you know, so I know myself really well. Right. I know my childhood You know that really lingo well. and you know that oh kind of Oh my God, man. I've analyzed the living shit out of myself yeah, but my fuck childhood. Knowing, let's, but I never felt better. Right. Exactly. Right. So who cares? So I feel a lot smarter, but no happier. Yeah. That's totally not <laughs> right. the point. Or rather, it is unfortunate to the point of a lot of psychoanalysis uh, that is all about right. not really making you happy. Right, and I'm really glad I did learn what I learned. Sure. But boy, did we spend a lot of time that was wasted, I think. Right. And I wish I had gotten tools to make myself feel happier. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I've been hearing about cognitive behavioral stuff, and then the, the hot new thing is dialectical behavioral, which, it, which is CBT methods combined with mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of being present, being with yourself, you know, divorcing yourself from the past and the future for a moment at least, mm-hmm. right? Intervening right. in these thoughts in that way. Um, and I've just started, so I can't tell you much more about that. But then, and then I'm going to start meditation. Nice. Yeah, good. Formally or kind of on your own? Uh, or? I might take some classes. Yeah, I have, a, I have a good friend who's written a lot. He's a journalist huh. who's written about meditation a lot. I may so join you. Hook me. Yeah? Yeah, yeah and I would be interested. Yeah, yeah, so I can actually tell you there's an... Um, What's his book or whatever? Yeah, there's a bunch of like, there's an app. I'm just, I'm blanking on the name of it. Oh yeah, it's, there, it's a famous uh, app. Yes, this guy's it's made big, a he's British. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't read head, it, but I saw something. Headspace. Headspace. He just made a good jillion Headspace. dollars. Headspace. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it looks good. It's really popular. <laughs> Isn't that funny that we could have this conversation about finding the tools to be happier and get rid of this emotion? And, and I just hear about this com. bastard who just <laughs> made a gazillion do- no, <laughs> I, made a gazillion dollars with this app, and I'm just like, right. that motherfucker. Why wasn't he me? Um, yeah, you know it's funny because I uh, my second book was a kind of like a sports psychology mm-hmm. book, yeah. and I just feel like I don't I don't do a lot of like therapy or whatever, but I do feel like I've started to like you just do like basic sports psychology shit, like which is cut out the negative self talk, man. Mm-hmm. Like don't mm-hmm. do it. Like you sit around going, oh, I'm a fucking moron. Why'd I do that? Like that doesn't help anybody, yeah. right? Like, and I I'm just saying like in terms of like learning strategies, mm-hmm. I'm totally down with like yeah. you can absolutely. And need to practice and work on yeah. And for me, like away I'm, from certain paths. Yeah, and for know? me, I'm like professionally judgmental, right? Yep. right. Um, and so, of course, consequently judgmental toward myself more than anyone. Of course. And so you know, with jealousy, well, with everything, but especially with jealousy, it's like I have the jealous thought, and then I hate myself for having the jealous thought. <laughs> of course, <laughs> awesome. that's a lovely loop, awesome. yeah. right? Um, you know, because it, it is, you know, because my rational mind is looking at this thing and it's like, you're, this is irrational. Sure. Like she's totally with me, and she's that totally not with that guy, right. and hasn't been with that guy. Um, and, um, yeah. And so then the, then the self-hatred comes and that's the first intervention to make, like what Sam was saying, right. you know, like that's the first ne- negative self-talk talk yeah. that needs to be dealt with. You have to stop judging yourself for having those feelings. Right. Right. And accept that you have those feelings. That's yeah. the very first thing. Uh, and it's yeah, kind sure. of like whether it's fighting or sports in general, it's kind of like, it's bad enough, you know, you make that mistake in the fight or you miss the shot or you drop the ball in some way. Oh, yeah. That's bad. But the bad part comes the next second where now the next play is on and you're still thinking about the previous yeah. one and how you fucked right. up. Oh, man. When I'm, that's where you really fuck up. Yeah, totally. When I'm it's like, like everybody mess up. When I'm, yeah, when I'm like working the pads with a trainer and yeah. he like tells me that I'm like stepping wrong or something, I it hurts like five times more than it should. Right. You know? I just yeah. I hate myself. Or when I used to play basketball, I'd miss a shot. Every missed shot I made was just like, like a catastrophe. But, but that's the problem. Is <laughs> well, like, that's what like, Kobe like yeah. talks about like that selective amnesia, right? Like mm-hmm. every shot's a fresh shot. So you can right. take more shots yeah right, right, right. Just erase it 
and yeah, that's exactly yeah because though. otherwise you haven't practice right. That's but also to you... those guys, you know, even though they're so-called dumb jocks, right? They're actually very emotionally healthy and oh, very yeah. emotionally intelligent. Yeah, right? oh, that's sure. I envy the hell out of them. Well, it's right? again like because you you, know, you don't get there without I, it. You can't get there. There's how many guys do we all know who were athletically able mm-hmm. but sure. couldn't emotionally cope with Absolutely. the pressures of success and in my own work or high you know, level stuff. And it's like know? if I if I stumble over a word, you know, in some public forum. It stings, you know, even if the other 500 words were great. Oh, I agree. You know? I, I, I uh, get it. I yeah. completely get it. Right. I had this funny. The other day I was having this conversation with my daughter. I told Sam before we started. And, uh, you know, I was pointing out the things that she was doing. He's like, do you see why this is driving me crazy? You just did this and this and this. And I've just asked you and why the hell? And then three minutes later, there was something else. And, you know, it went on where there were like three, four things in a relatively short span. And at one point she looked at me and she's like, do you see now why I hate myself? And I was like, no, 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 no. Okay, let's let's go back. Sorry, no, that wasn't okay, it. Okay, that was too much. I wasn't yeah. aiming quite for yeah. that much punishment. I was like, <laughs> you are five years old and you are awesome. Okay, right. let's start from there. Yeah. But mm, since you are going to learn to be better, let's work on one thing at a time. I get it that that's you being five is not a problem. <laughs> but let's like just... You know, rather than being guilt about I'm I'm a bad person, I should whip myself. Well, you myself. see them do stuff that's too easy. They're giving in to their easiest impulse mm-hmm. again and again. And you're like, you got to stop giving in to sure. that easiest emotional impulse, even though they're five or seven. And you've, you yeah. have a kid. You have, I have a 13-year-old. Yeah, exactly. You've been down this road. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's what, of course, enrages you as a parent or, or it even annoys you as a parent. I mean, anyway, but... Mm-hmm. but, but yeah, 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 and that's what so, you get mad at. So yeah, and I mean we do it to ourselves a lot. Yeah. Is what that is describing is the same right. thing, and it's not just because oh that is weird, which is, but that's a different mm-hmm. story. It's because you know we all do it to some degree or another. Is if you care about stuff, you, if you are hard on yourself because you are a perfectionist, if you are driven, if you wanna be good in whatever it is that you do. Right it's hard to practice the selective amnesia or to let things go, to just be aware of what you've done wrong just so that you can fix it, but not to be so aware that you're ridden with sense of guilt or sense of, oh, I fucked up, why am I so stupid, da 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 you know? It's, uh, and that's why in that regard, um, your second book, The Fighter's Mind, was great about it because it was distilling in very understandable terms some things that anybody can try to apply to their own mm-hmm. life. Now, the hard part is not the lessons themselves, which you put together beautifully in a way that anybody can read that book and really learn all the things that one need to learn about this kind of stuff. The hard part become applying it and then applying it again. Because it's kind of like, you know, it's great that you know that sweeping the floor is useful, that you shouldn't have crap all over the floor. It's good that you actually know how to do it and you have done it before, but that doesn't mean shit unless you keep doing yeah, it, right? Do it's like, yeah. it's uh, it's the grind that's the hard yeah, part at right. that point and just the discipline to stay with it. Yeah. And in that regard, I think like something like meditation, something where it's structure is like, okay, X times a week, I am sitting down, I'm doing these things, right. so forcing that discipline is probably really useful. And everyone who does it says you have to do it. Yeah. yeah. Constantly, yeah. Re- regularly. Yeah, right? yeah, because it's not that, yeah, yeah you can do uh, it once. The, and the friend who recommended it, recommended the, uh, headstrong or head space um mm-hmm. you know he says that <clears throat> he typically does it first thing in the morning but he has been in he's also a travel writer and he's done like these really things that stuff that sam's yeah, done like he, yeah well it's similar to what you've done like yeah, he's like he goes to like the bush in africa and right. studies some tribe and he anyway like freaks out you know and he says he'll in those moments or when he has an article he feels like he can't sure. finish he will do 10 minutes of meditation on every hour right. for wow. five straight hours or six straight hours yeah well 
thank you guys so much for playing with us hey, today thanks, man. and uh, exposing your deep dark secrets. <laughs> and uh, I think we should. Well, you don't drink anymore. I was keep saying we should all get drunk together, but you don't. Drink I can anymore. pretend to drink. Yeah, yeah. yeah I can sure. pretend to be drunk. Well, yeah, well, you can watch me and Daniel get drunk. That's yeah. a good plan. That's <laughs> a good healthy plan. So always up for that. Yeah, man. Let's do it. I'll put up your whatever if you want Twitter or Facebook or whatever is useful. Uh, Twitter, by the way, is weird. I noticed, like, I don't know if it happens to you. A bunch of times when no you kidding. put it out there, people then tell me, like, oh, man, I used to follow you. It suddenly Twitter dropped me, and I don't anymore. Now I want to follow really? again. And it's like, yeah, it happens that. a bunch. How many Twitter followers do you guys have? I don't know. 4,000 something? Right, something like yeah. more, but because I've done Rogan a gazillion. Right. Sorry, again, this is my inner gay, as some would say. I've done Rogan. No, I haven't done Rogan. <laughs> I've, I've been on Rogan's podcast. Let's put it that way. That's probably sound right. better. But uh, yeah, that um, well, cool. On that note, now we're down to Twitter followers. I think it's time to call it a day. Right. And uh, cool, okay. man. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, guys. Wow, jealousy issues. Indeed, a lot of issues for Holy the Holy smokes. Yeah, there are a lot, a lot, a lot. He's a sharer. Yeah, no, Tad is, is real. Let's put it that way. And Sam too, man. Some good conversation. I had fun with these guys. So let's roll with a couple of things we should mention. Amazon link. Christmas season or right after or whatever that may be. You guys any shopping you guys do on Amazon, please use our link. And as a reminder, because people keep asking me, no, if you have stuff in the cart inside Amazon already, they will not give a credit. What happens is you have to click on the link and when the window opens, search for whatever product you want, buy it right then and there. It cannot be on your save section already or... Click the uh, link through our list. website. Yes, that helps. We like that better. Please. And uh, affiliate sponsorship, Audible books, if you guys want anything, audio material, whether audio books, whether articles, you podcasting is not enough and you need more, by all means, check it out. And Coracao uh, chocolate, if you are into healthy chocolates, as uh, strange of a concept that may be, that's something to worth checking out. Again, the usual, all the links are in the episode notes. Let's say a couple of thank yous to the glorious folks who uh, donate money for something that we put out for free. Or I don't think it's a bad of an idea, actually. That's I know. A it's fine idea. Not a ton of people do that, but we do definitely appreciate the ones who do. And Hell the yeah. one who think thank about you, it is also... Uh, also, you guys, you guys are broke and do it. Reviews on iTunes are always nice. So, you know, you can donate. You are too broke to shop on Amazon. By all means, please just put a review on iTunes. That's always sweet. So let's get rolling with screwing up some people's names. Let the pottering begin. We have uh, uh, Matthias Elstock, Martin Marino, Paul Caswell, Arshad Sharma, straight from India, Eric Charton, Martin Brecke from I'm taking a total random guess. It's from Norway. I have no idea how that's pronounced. A rather mysterious Rob D. Cool. Andre Garapetian. Garapetian? Yeah, sure, why not? Andre Garapetian. Bridget Johnston, a lonely female listener. That's very sweet. Lorenzo Chiarastella. 
total Italian name, even though apparently he's not from Italy. What's with Italian names? This is the second one we got in a while where there's actually a meaning to the last name. Chiara Stella literally means bright star. That's a pretty cool last name. That's a good last name. My name, my last name doesn't mean anything. There's absolutely no meaning. So this is pretty cool. Lorenzo Chiarastel. I dig it. Well, you could adopt it. And uh, Ryan or Matt, I'm not entirely sure. I saw two different things in the signature and in the uh, Ryan or Matt, as it may be Terwillinger. Or there's no end. Terwillinger, something along those lines. Thank you guys so, 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 so much. Um, other things, thank you to Daisy House for the music and um, Kiva as keep, always. Kiva loans going, man. It's amazing. We've done just this year like fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars in loans, so it's pretty impressive, everybody. And plus, it it just shows potential advertisers that y'all react and y'all listen. And this isn't something you're buying to give to yourself. It's something you're giving out to somebody in the world. So indeed, charitable. Beautiful. That's pretty awesome, folks. Good job. We like it. Be nice, humans. Have a wonderful day. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Taoist Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as soon as they come out. You can keep track of Daniel at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at richimon1. That's R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N, the numeral one. See y'all soon. In questo caso, in questo caso, le provvidenza di Dio. Duncan showed you the way, yeah? Oh man, isn't that scary to think? Nice. So don't kill people, do that instead. <laughs> this was great. It's fucking awesome. And I love this conversation. That's Get back I- to work.